Hello and good day. This is the Bible Bard. Here's the place we're at today. In our last podcast, we looked at the humanity of Jesus and what the text, at least our sample texts, say about Jesus and his humanity and his subjugation to God. In today's discussion, we investigate what the text says about his deity. And beginning with Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, which states, quote, The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us, unquote. Comment, in Matthew, the baby Mary gives birth to is called God with us. The teachers of the law correctly note in the book of Mark that only God can forgive sins. This happens again in the Luke passage. Now in Mark chapter 2, verse 5, the text reads, quote, He, Jesus, said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? Who can forgive sins but God alone? In Luke, verse 7, uh, or I'm sorry, let's begin again. In Luke, chapter 7, verse 48, the text reads, quote, Then Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. The Jewish disbelievers stated, Who can forgive sins but God? This is an ironic statement because Jesus as God is standing there. Uh, in John, chapter 1, verse 3, the text reads, quote, Through him, Jesus, all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In comment, this passage in John declares that Jesus was the creator of all things. In John chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, the text states, quote, Moreover, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Unquote. Comment, this passage in John says that everyone in the human race is to give the Son Jesus the same honor they give to God. The obvious meaning is if I'm honoring the Father as God, then I should honor Jesus as God. In, in the text, John 6, verse 44, the text reads, quote, Jesus answered, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, They will all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to me. Comment. In this passage, Jesus supplies a historical passage that states people shall be taught by God to himself. He is stating that if you listen to God, you will come to him. Conversely, if you're not listening to God, regardless of who you listen to, you will not come to him. But in the middle of this text, Jesus says, uh, I will raise him up at the last day. He's attributing to himself the power to raise people from the dead. In John chapter 20, verse 28, the text states, quote, Thomas said to him, Jesus, my Lord and my God, unquote. Come on, come on, one of the disciples expressly calls Jesus my God 
What more do you need to believe that the scriptures teach Jesus is not just human, but simultaneously God? In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, the text states, quote, The sun is the radiance of the God's glory and the exact representation of his being. Comment, God is a spiritual being, but this text states that Jesus is the radiance of his glory and an exact representation of that spiritual being in human form. In Titus chapter 2, verse 13, the text reads, quote, While we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Comment and find me in Titus, we are told that Jesus is our great God. These passages are not all that are found in the Bible that expressly or implicitly say Jesus Christ is God, but these are sample texts which read inductively present factual statements that reveal the deity of Jesus Christ. It's difficult to imagine how any sincere person could assert that Jesus is never called God anywhere in the Bible. They are just reading from their ideology. Those who assert such believe their ideology and not what the Bible teaches. Here's the place we're at today. In this podcast, we take a moment to reflect a little bit on the use of poetic language, simile, metaphor, and such in the Bible. Remember, a major premise of the Bible Bard is that the Bible is literature and as such can be analyzed using the tools of literary criticism. Sometimes in reading the Bible this can be a bit tricky. That happens because the Bible is also a religious text and people have many ideas about how a religious text should be approached. Does the Bible itself acknowledge the use of poetic language? Here's an illustration of the issue from a dialogue between Jesus and his disciples. In John 16, 25 and 29, Jesus is speaking. Then the disciples respond, quote, though I, Jesus, have been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language. Then Jesus' disciples said, now you are speaking clearly and without figures of speech. Comment. There's no question that the Bible is filled with metaphors similarly when these devices are used by the author. In addition, in more than one place, Jesus and other Bible actors provide explanations regarding their use of language. We are not left in the dark regarding the correct way to interpret difficult language. Here are two important examples that illustrate the use of simile and metaphor. In John 6, 53 and 54, Jesus declares to his detractors the following, quote, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day, unquote. Comment. One can argue that the literal interpretation here seems to call for a kind of Christian cannibalism. Eating Jesus' flesh and drinking his blood is a difficult but apparently straightforward interpretation. This is hard. But later, just before his death, Jesus spoke in another place about his body and blood, which is provided in the next sample text, 
Luke 22, verses 19 and 20. Quote, And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, the disciples, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Comment. It is obvious that when Jesus held up before the disciples the bread and the cup of wine that he was speaking metaphorically, the bread he held up before the disciples represented his body, and the cup of wine represented his blood yet to be spilled. A literary analysis of these two texts means we must determine the relationship between them. Can we, by performing a literal analysis in the John passage, prove that Jesus literally meant that his believers must physically eat his body and drink his blood to gain eternal life? Also, does the John text influence what we understand the Luke text to mean, or is it the other way around? The literary principle is to allow the simple, clear text on a subject to influence our understanding of more difficult or obscure text on the same subject. If we let John influence Luke, then it seems that we require a miracle called transubstantiation to occur, which, according to some churches, does occur every time the Mass is performed or held during a church service. However, the context reveals that the passage in Luke occurs during a Jewish celebration of their historical event, the Passover. During the service on that night described in Luke, Jesus is changing one ancient memorial service that remembers the event of the Jewish Passover. And how do we know it's a memorial event? During the event in the story, Jesus says to eat and drink the elements, the bread and wine, in remembrance of me, unquote. What happens if we allow the clear meaning of Luke to influence the meaning of John? How are the two passages linked? Well, the same person is speaking in both passages, but the audiences hearing what was spoken are different. Is this significant? In the John passage, enemies were listening. In the Luke passage, only disciples are present. Is that important to the interpretation? Again, what is the context? In the context in John 6:47, Jesus connects eternal life to belief. Well, if we read on in John 6:57, Jesus adds the following. Quote, just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me, unquote. In verse 47, the key context is stated. Jesus says, I quote, I tell you the truth. He who believes has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world, unquote. The belief is the active principle, not the physical eating. A parallel in which the manna from heaven story he references provided physical life to the eater and now the death of Jesus provides spiritual bread that gives eternal life to those who believe in that death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus is saying something in John to confound his enemies. In Luke, he is saying something to comfort his disciples. Next, we ask, is there any indication in the context of both statements that helps us come to a correct interpretation. Well, comment that just as sentence introduction is a common literary way to set up a similarity between two things. 
The text states that there is a similarity between the manna, bread God provided, sent down from heaven to the Jewish nation when they were starving in the desert during the Exodus, which they ate and then continued their human lives, and Jesus, who, he says, was sent down like manna by God from heaven as bread that causes the eater, or the believer, to live forever. Again, eating represents believing. Double check. Finally, does the text in Luke state or imply any miracle that changes the bread and wine elements Jesus holds up into human flesh and blood? No. No miracle is suggested or implied. Therefore, when we examine the context of each set of statements regarding bread as flesh and wine as blood, we can see simile and metaphor at work. In the John passage, the author shows Jesus confounding the listeners by presenting metaphorical truth as if it was meant literally. This is how important a literary analysis is to the biblical text. Huge differences in meaning flow from deciding what is a simile, what is a metaphor, and what is meant literally. Using literary critical methods, we can decide what is going on in a biblical text. But we're not done with our sample texts yet, since what we do is inductive as we come across other texts in which speakers who live closer to Jesus' time than we do provide information about how they interpreted the text. And so we need to see that. And the Apostle Paul writes about the Lord's Supper saying the following in 1 Corinthians 11.26 when he gives these instructions, quote, For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Comment. If eating the bread and drinking the wine were understood in Paul's day as necessary to gaining eternal life, as a literal interpretation of Jesus' words in John 6 suggests, Paul should mention it. He should have said something like this, quote, For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, the elements are miraculously transubstantiated into the actual body and blood of Jesus, which you must eat and drink, through which you receive eternal life. Unquote. Comment. If he had said the second, for whenever, he would be consistent with the literal interpretation that the body and blood of Jesus must be physically eaten, but Paul seems to stick to the reason for the service given by Jesus. This is a memorial. We are proclaiming the Lord's death till he comes. Those who disagree and claim that the Lord's Supper, the Eucharistic liturgy, is not only a memorial, but a basis for eternal life, for it provides the actual body and blood of Jesus to Christians so they can be saved, per the sample text from John. See a parish priest's argument, and there's a link in the document, to a walk through the Mass, a step-by-step -step explanation, where this clear interpretation is given. See especially the section in this document titled, Institution Narrative, Consecration for the instance of a miracle that changes the bread and wine into the blood and body of Christ. Poetic and symbolic language in the Bible does not have to create confusion. Ask yourself only one clear-eyed question. What does the text actually say? Then notice while you're reading if other texts say the same thing. Ideologues often go beyond what the text literally says by either adding to it or taking away from it the plain meaning. 
they do not stick to the text itself and use literary methods like understanding who was the audience to explain in the more difficult texts. They often like to provide secret explanations, claiming that only they have the authority to interpret the biblical text. Yes, it's true God has secrets or things unrevealed at different periods of time, but he has revealed about himself and human beings whatever is found in the biblical text that everyone in the world can access and read in their own language. The Bible barred urges you. Do not be dependent upon anyone to understand what the Bible says. It's not that hard. Just follow the rules of grammar and literary devices such as metaphors, similes, analogies, and so forth, and read as you would with any author telling a story. The story in the Bible is not a secret text meant to hide its meaning from you. Rather, the Bible is a literary as well as sacred text meant to communicate to you something the author, in this case God, thinks you need to know. This is the way the Bible Bard works. Brief recitations, closely focused, no distractions, no rabbit trails. Send the Bible Bard any questions or remarks you care to offer to BibleBardUS at gmail.com. Glad to hear from you. Thanks in advance for following and sharing content from the Bible Bard community. Thanks for listening. The Bible Bard does not get information about Jesus from religion or some theology people have developed in the past. The Bible itself in its plain literary expressions in its text is the source of all revealed knowledge about God. We're archaeologists trying to get to that source. Once you know what the Bible says, because you have read it or heard its clear teaching for yourself, you are no longer dependent on religious ideology for your information. Get what the Bible says.